Welcome to Is This Real Life? A Bravo podcast that relates our favorite shows to our own lives and the world around us. I'm your host, Mandy Slutsker. Let's get to it. Hi, everyone. I hope you are staying cool as much of the world appears to be going through a pretty intense heat wave, including here in D.C. Um, Wow, there are so many things that happened this week, and I am so excited for this week's episode because we finally get to cover every single housewife show that was on this week, and I am so excited about it. Um, We finally get to talk a little bit about The Real Housewives Ultimate Girls Trip Season 2. I think they're calling it Ex-Wives Club. I'm really sad that it's over, but uh, what what's the saying? Smile because it happened. And I just hope that Peacock and NBC Universal and Bravo keep making these, you know, ultimate girls trips. They're so fun to watch and to consume. And I feel like we need more and I want them to come on sooner. So this was filmed last September. Why did it take 10 months for us to get this content? It was absolutely incredible. And I may just do a rewatch because I loved it so much. Speaking of Ultimate Girls Trip, all of you internet sleuths found Marco the butler. And it turns out he's not a butler. I believe he's an actor. He lives with his wife in Puerto Rico. He's not looking for hookups. He's looking for work. Uh, He did dish a little bit on his Instagram about what it was like to work for Dorinda and to be part of this production. It turned out that someone dropped out at the last minute. And so through a friend of a friend, he got connected and he said he just wanted to do a good job. He also said Dorinda was kind to him and he really felt for her because she went from living in an empty house for multiple years to all of the sudden having all the women and then all of production, which sounds like quite a lot. Although I still maintain that she was a raging bitch throughout. And (laughs) I don't really think she's going to end up back on New York because it was really not that fun to watch her. However, if they do the same cast again, I definitely want all of them to be back and I want it to be somewhere else, not at Dorinda's house. Because I would like to see a situation where she's not in control. In other news uh, from Bravo, Schwartz and Sandy's, the bar that Tom and Tom uh, said was going to open, it actually opened. And it's featured on season 10 of Vanderpump Rules that is being filmed now. It actually looks pretty cool. And I'm thinking of stopping by there when I am in Los Angeles next. Shep and Taylor broke up and not so shocking news. If you guys have been following Southern Charm, you'll see that Shep is just the same as he was in season one. He's a man child. He's just older now. And um, he strings along women uh, and isn't ready to commit. So good for Taylor for ending it because I'm assuming it was her who who ended it. And Finally, we have confirmation that Tamara Judge is returning to the Real Housewives of OC. And I was one of her biggest naysayers like four years ago or whenever it was that she was canned from the show. 
I just, I don't know, I had a bad feeling about her, mainly because of everything that was going on with her and her daughter that she was estranged from, and how her daughter was like, please don't mention me, and she kept on bringing up her daughter, and it's like, oh, God, can you just not, like, don't make it a storyline, like, this girl has asked for privacy, but I don't know, she's winning me back, I enjoy listening to her podcast, although Teddy is really annoying, but Tamara is refreshing, and it was fun to watch her on Ultimate Girls Trip, and I think she's what's needed in the OC. I really want to see someone go after Emily Simpson. I don't know why, Emily's perfectly nice, but I feel like she stirs shit up, and no one ever calls her on it, and I'm ready I'm ready for Tamara to do that. Um, so we'll see what happens. This week, my most favorite thing, and it probably will be my most favorite thing from the entire season, the scene with Jamie Lee Curtis and the women of The Real Housewives of Beverly Hills with Dorit just like <laughs> saying everything in that gift bag was just, it's so chic. Oh my God, that's the chicest whim chime ever. <gasps> Oh my God. Like she was so funny because I do think she was being like genuine and she was so excited to be with Jamie Lee Curtis and not to have COVID at that point in time when like half of the cast did and just like everything she did and said. I rewatched that over and over and I can't stop laughing. It's just like at the chicest wind chime. <laughs> What makes a wind chime chic? Is it because it was like all black? I don't I don't know. Did it sound chicer? <laughs> anyway, I hope you guys enjoy this week's episode. I've got Chadwick Massey Klein on. He is so funny, and we kind of got into some of the firestorm that he started inadvertently on Twitter and then Instagram, where he compared two pictures of Diana, and it led to um, everything that happened with her, calling out the Black content creator and um, her really unfortunate comments. So we chat about that. We chat about literally everything Housewives uh, that went on this week. And I think you guys will really enjoy it. As always, if you like the podcast, go ahead and give it a five-star rating and leave a kind review. If you have any constructive criticism at all, feel free to reach out to me um, directly via DMs on Instagram or Twitter. I am at Mandy Slutsker. I did hear from someone that they were unhappy with how I characterized Lisa Rinna's mother's death. Um, I do believe it was very sad, obviously. I just was commenting on how it can be tough as someone who lost their mom younger to watch someone who's older and had all of those extra years with their mom being utilizing their grief almost as a weapon. And it just felt, I don't know, something about how she's talking about her loss feels odd and uncomfortable to me. So maybe that's where I was going with that. Anyway, I hope you guys stay cool and have a wonderful week and enjoy this podcast. We'll take a quick break and then be back with Chadwick. Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. 
Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America NA, member FDIC. Hi, everyone. I am here with Chadwick Massey-Klein, who you all know as at OChadwick on Twitter, and he recently caused an uproar in the Real Housewives of Beverly Hills franchise and among Housewives Instagram and Twitter, which we will get into in just a minute. But welcome to the podcast, Chadwick. How are you doing? I'm good. Thanks for having me. Oh my God. Thanks for coming back. We haven't talked in a while, and I'm so excited to touch down with you on everything. I want to hear your hot takes. I know sometimes you say things that others disagree with, and I just, I don't know. I want to hear what you got to say. Um, but before we get into that, can you talk us through what happened with your tweet about Diana Jenkins that just blew up? Oh, yeah, that tweet. So... <laughs> I saw a photo of Diana Jenkins um, from quite a while ago that I didn't even recognize was Diana. And um, it was during one of the episodes and I just tweeted um, a a current pick versus that older pick. And I personally couldn't believe that it was the same woman just based off of the the looks. Like I had a hard time. I, I had to actually Google it and be like, is this really Diana? It just did not look like her. Yeah. Um, I posted it there. Um, and of course people were just like, who is this? There's no way. What? Um, and then that (laughs) screenshot of my tweet started going all around. Um, and it got posted on Instagram and Diana responded to someone directly on Instagram. Um, and we all know what happened there. Yeah, she so it was Philly Diva, a black content creator who referred to herself as a black content creator. And then Diana Jenkins said something to the effect of it must be sad or not fun or whatever it is to be. It might be must be awful being a black content creator. And you and I were DMing and I said, this is going to sound crazy. But like she's from Eastern Europe. Is she talking about black meaning not race but just like a nasty content creator like you just post negative memes or that kind of stuff and that's what her excuse was I mean it's not an excuse you shouldn't you should know better but that's sort of where I thought she was coming from with it yeah yeah and immediately people started saying you know she'll she'll say there's a language barrier and she misinterpreted and misinterpreted that. Um, and I think some of us, you know, like you said, we were dreaming about it and sure. I can see how, um, because she had used Philly diva had used that term. Diana took it as something differently, more dark humor or kind of not so, um, not so nice um, content, Yeah, I guess is how she took it. But that immediate reaction from social media was, um, you know, that that was a horrible thing to say. Um, is she racist? And of course, you know, even um, like you said, she already apologized for it and said that she took it a different way. But that that first reaction is everything. And people took it one way and, and they're not happy about it. They're not happy about it. And 
she should know better and she shouldn't respond to random people on Instagram, even if they tag her. She should just know better. She's on the show. We're going to talk about it. We're going to say things that she doesn't like. Although I will be controversial and say, I don't think it's very nice to tag Bravo celebrities if you're saying something that's unkind or that they could view as unkind. Why do that to another human being? You know? Yes, thank you. Because that is one of my biggest pet peeves on social media, especially Twitter. If I'm talking about a housewife in a snarky way, I don't want someone to to reply and, and tag them in that tweet and bring attention to it. A, because I don't, I'm not intentionally trying to, if I wanted them to see, I would tag them. So there's that. Right. But then also, I don't want to end up blocked by that, by that Bravo Leopardy. Um, you know, I, I want to be able to see their tweets. And a lot of times, mine's not so bad. They probably would never even seen it. And then the replies start to get a little crazy. They get tagged. And I've been blocked by people that way before. So, oh, Who are you blocked by besides Jax Taylor? <laughs> Uh, so <laughs> I'm kidding. Everyone's blocked by Jax. Oh, right. Mary Cosby blocked me. Oh, no. I was kind of sad about that um, because most of my tweets about her were how much I enjoyed her. Um, but I also caught out some of her kookiness. Um, and I don't remember exactly what it was, but um, she blocked me. Meredith Marks blocked me uh, because I... I, I talked about her face tuning all of her and Seth's photos. Um, and you just compare the episode to the photos and it's, yeah, she's not 20 and her, her face tuning or face apping. She literally looked like she was in her twenties. Right. Um, so and that's okay. Look like she looks incredible for her that's age. Exactly she it. looks beautiful. like a 40 year old rather than a 50 year old, but yeah. You know, it just, I don't know why people are so obsessed with Facetune. It's kind of, it creeps me out. And it's also like, how did you get so good at this? Because (laughs) I've like downloaded Facetune and looked at it and I was like, I don't have the time for this shit. Like, I can't whiten my teeth. I can't, how do you figure that out? And you're like, anyways, (laughs) I agree with you. Besides, besides, oh, and Jin Shah, of course. I mean, yeah. Jen Shaw should block everyone if she doesn't want to hear. She doesn't want to hear the truth about her. And speaking of which, were you shocked, no pun intended, that she pled guilty? I wasn't. Well, I was. I was shocked (laughs) that that she did it when she did. Um, Just because we were, I mean, we, a lot of us felt, obviously, there's something there. Um, you look at what was going on and who was involved. They're not going to do all of that if there wasn't evidence and there wasn't an investigation. They haven't already proved that this was happening. So um, I, I thought, okay, she's she's guilty. There's actually evidence there in a, a charge. Um, I just didn't expect her to do this when she did. I thought she would wait until a trial and go through the entire thing and continue to say that she was not guilty. Interesting. Yeah. I thought there was a chance that that would happen because of how narcissistic she is. But I also knew that if she was really, if her attorneys were good, which I think they were, and they were telling her, listen, it's a difference between this many years in jail and that many years in jail. So like, which one do you want to go for? Because it's not looking like we can get you out of jail free. Yeah. Exactly. And something, yeah, something had to have have changed for her to jump and and make that 
take that plea. I think it just finally dawned on her that this was real, that they had a lot of evidence. They lost a ton of pretrial motions. So things were admissible that they didn't want to be put in front of a jury. And I think she kind of knew this cards were stacked against her and she wants to be able to live the rest of her life. And if she spends, you know, 10 to 14 years behind bars, that's better than 20 to 30. Yeah. You know? Yep, it's true. And I, I really cannot wait because I know that they had cameras. I know they were, um, Heather and Meredith were with Jen. <gasps> so I'm very excited to see. And it's so funny because wait, Meredith they had, had cameras. How do you know this? Um, I don't know posted, anything. <laughs> someone posted a video of, um, I think it was their boyfriend or their husband yelling out from like their apartment down to uh, Meredith, Jen, and Heather. Um, and they waved back and you could see that there were cameras with them. So um, I knew there were cameras with them the day before. But the day, because it sounds like she made the decision like very shortly before she pled guilty. And she only notified Meredith and Heather an hour before. Right before. Yes. So I just meant that the camera crew was already with them leading up to that. Got so, it. And, I, and I know we're going to see their reaction. So I really can't wait to see Heather and Meredith's reaction because Meredith was on social media defending Jen. Um, so saying, stupid. We, we live in America and you're innocent until proven guilty. And then yes. the very next day she pled guilty. But like, yes, you are innocent until proven guilty. Why do you need to say like, I mean, she, I don't know. She believes everyone has the right to a fair trial. That's fine, but you don't sure. need to go out of your way to comment on this. I felt after everything that had happened for the last however many years, but it sounds like things took a turn. I'm very interested to see season three of, of Salt Lake City, uh, but let's dive into Beverly Hills. <laughs> Mm, so yes. I don't know about you, but this week's episode felt a little bit like PTSD watching the Omicron kind of roll through Beverly Hills in, around Christmas time. And what's going on now <laughs> where we're still in this is yes. just a little bit. Uh, it was it was sad. I very much related to Kyle, who was just wearing her mask and was like, I'm not sure. Maybe after a drink, we'll <laughs> take it off. <laughs> That's how I feel all the time. I'm just like. Like, uh, when's it going to get me? <laughs> oh, I know. And I couldn't believe how many of them were getting it and were getting sick. And it was funny because um, Dory had said, you know, she she was safe this time. And then she wasn't. Yeah, and then she wasn't. Yeah. Um, and I mean, at least she got to meet Jamie Lee Curtis, though. Right. Oh, which she totally enjoyed. My God, watching her gush over everything in that goodie bag was hilarious. It's so chic. Like <laughs> everything was chic. Everything was chic. And I can't honestly, though, if I was in front, I mean, and I get that Dory has missed probably some pretty famous people. Boy George lives with her half the time. <laughs> uh, but... I can't help but laugh at Boy George. Like, he's famous, but like, uh... Yeah. I mean, comparatively, I to me, Jamie Lee Curtis is more famous, but to others, probably not. Um, but, I mean, I think I would probably gush over her, too. Um, and pro- some of the items in there would probably be pretty nice for, for me, but for Dorit and, you know, all of her expensive things. And all of her shit got stolen. So, you know, she's like, oh, filling up my closet again. 
Oh, Dorit, I I really have a soft spot for her. I I do, and I love her family. Oh my god, the last episode when they did the Hanukkah yes. dinner, and it was Hanukkah and Shabbat at the same time. Shabbat, for those of you who don't know, is every Friday night to Saturday night. It's the the Sabbath in Judaism. And it was just beautiful to watch uh, her son, Jagger, explain Hanukkah to everyone, to see them all celebrate it, because they tend to really focus on Christmas in Beverly Hills, and people are really into their Christmas decorations. And I understand Kyle is Jewish, but she grew up Christian. I think she has a lot of nostalgia for Christmas decorations. Like, it's clearly a thing in her family, as we saw with Kathy. But they never seem to focus on Dorit like being Jewish and it's a huge part of who she is and who PK is. And I know that from following them on social media, but it's just, I never saw it reflected in the show. So to see them give airtime to actually talk about being Jewish and see a Jewish gathering really meant a lot to me. Yeah. Yeah. No, that was super sweet. And Jagger did such a good, her kids are just, they're so adorable. They're so cute. Jagger just did such a good job. I loved it. It was it was adorable. He's been a fave of mine ever since he pointed at Erica Jane and said, bad guy. Yep. <laughs> <sighs> okay. So question for you. Sutton versus Diana. So Sutton ends up apologizing to Diana in this episode and said she was responsible for like 95% of, of the blame of what went on between the two of them. Where do you fall in this? Like, what bl- like percentages would you assign blame if you had to between Sutton and Diana? At the very least, 50-50. 95 was not fair. Sutton obviously wants to move on. Um, even at the even when they had their extremely awkward lunch um, at the end of the last episode. So you um, say. <laughs> oh, <laughs> That, that was hilarious. She she wants to move on so bad because she understands that it's just that's just part of the show. Like you have to be able to move on um, and keep things going. And um, Diana's refusing. I mean, she's just throwing up a, a brick wall. And so Sutton continued at that lunch to try to you know, well, I, I, I want to move on. I want to do this. Um, so I think it just got to the point where she just said, you know, I'll take most of the blame. Um, but I, I, I'm on team Sutton in this entire thing. Um, but I 50, 50 at least, but I think more of the blames on Diana. I, I agree with you. I think where Sutton went wrong was she was really harsh in how she called out Diana for being there after sending that text message that she was on bed rest. Yes, it is confusing, but this woman is clearly going through, Um, an agonizing ordeal. And so there's a kinder way to ask it. And she said it in a very accusatory way, almost like you were lying about being on bed rest. And so that's, I think, where she went wrong. But prior to that, I don't really think she did anything to Diana. So while that's kind of an egregious thing to do, right, to like when someone's really down to kind of go at them that way, the way that Diana reacted, it's like, yeah, okay, so she's hurt. So she just <laughs> laughs at Sutton mm-hmm. when Sutton talks about her miscarriages. It's just, how is that better? 
or yeah, different? It, it was just too mean. And well, I, I guess when you're talking about miscarriages and all that, obviously any of that's crossing the line and um, very touchy and sensitive, but the way that she reacted, even after Sutton continued to say, no, I'm being sincere. I mean, she had tears in her eyes. She was reaching out. She was trying literally to connect with her and empathize with her. Um, And Diana had none of it. She, I mean, she, she turned around and was just mean mocking her, the boo-hoos and the faces. It was, it was just too mean. It's interesting. I feel like the viewers can tell that Sutton is trying to connect and bond over shared trauma. But some of the women, and I don't think it's just Diana, feel like Sutton always brings things back to herself and tries to one up. So I wonder where that disconnect is. I wonder if like you or I were there in person, if we would have a different takeaway. But on camera, it's just not translating as her one upping. It's just it isn't to me. No, not yeah, to me either. Um, because that's what you do. You you try to connect with someone. Um, so I don't know why it's not working with <laughs> with the rest of the cast, but I feel like we can see it. Yeah, we can see it. I, yeah, I'm just wondering what doesn't translate. Um, the other thing, <laughs> oh my God, that's really dark, is Crystal opened up about her eating disorder. And she did it on Instagram, and then Kyle decided to bring it up to her in person. Now, Kyle has said, she says a number of shady things this episode, and does a number of shady things. One is sort of like, oh, so you posted this on Instagram, so let me see if you're really feeling this way, kind of. And the other was with Kathy, when Kathy mentions um, the person who works for her, Paola, by name, she's like, oh, she has a name now? Kathy was very clear last year that Paola never gave permission to use her name on camera. And so Kathy refused to call her by her name just in case she didn't want to be shown or mentioned on national TV. So that's why she said that woman. Why? I mean, this has been cleared up. Why is Kyle still playing in? She loves to just poke and then act like she's done nothing wrong and she's just joking. I think I think that Kyle saw the fan reaction to Kathy last season. And so she's trying to kind of play into some of those things with um, just how quirky she is and, I don't know, aloof. So she wanted to, to call things kind of back to the, you know, the woman. Um, and then even pointing out that she's tried to call her um, and she's blocked. She is blocked by her own sister. Um, but it doesn't matter because Kathy's lost her phone again. She doesn't even have a phone right now. So I I loved that scene. It's like so obvious that she blocked her, but totally forgot that she did it, which is absolutely incredible. Um, but back to Crystal opening up about her eating disorder. <laughs> which take do you think was the worst? <laughs> for the women because they all were bad (laughs) they were they really were i personally think that erica i feel like in some weird way she was almost trying to um i don't know she was like the way sudden yeah yeah she was trying to sort of do that and she was asking questions um and it seemed like she really was asking them out of like trying to understand her make her feel a little less um alone or abnormal and 
in a sense, maybe relate to her own disordered eating by talking about using laxatives. Yeah, that's, you know what? I think these women on a scale tend to fall somewhere with disordered eating. Like almost all of them, right? Seem to have Mm -hmm. an unhealthy relationship with food and their body image. Mm -hmm. And it seemed... I it's crazy. It's like when you're in certain circles where everyone does drugs and people like mention it so casually and you're like, wait, you do cocaine like (sighs) like before work? Like what? You know, you know, like that kind of thing. It felt like she was talking about something that is not healthy and like taking a laxative just to get something out of your system you know, and it's just like, oh, yeah, that's what I do. And that's just like supposed to be normal because in LA and in that right. inner circle, this particular circle, I think it is. I mean, I think that's why Ramona keeps shitting on the floor. <laughs> I'm not kidding. I think she's used laxatives to try and manage weight for decades, potentially, which can make it so that your sphincter like doesn't work properly. <laughs> It's just like that's like the main cause of one of the major causes of people shitting on the floor. Like that's what it is. So to Mm. see Erica mention it, it was sort of like a it was like when Carl Radke said that he would like snort coke all the time and thought that, you know, it was the first time you heard someone saying something like that. Mm -hmm. I feel like we all know these women tend to engage in in. I don't know, habits or behaviors that are distinct to eating disorders, but very few people actually specifically, I don't know, she said it so casually. She really did. And that's why I felt like it wasn't, I I don't feel like she was trying to give crystal ideas. Um, She was, she was almost explaining like she, she gets her, she gets the feeling. I mean, and obviously not the same because Crystal actually has an eating disorder, but she gets the some of those same feelings. She understands why she wants to do certain things, um, and that's probably not the healthiest way to have that conversation. What was also shocking is just, well, it just sort of reminds, it seems like they were more curious in some ways than actually trying to be a helpful friend. It reminded me a bit, um, not obviously the same thing, but I had a friend in college who committed suicide and the number one question I got after that happened was how did she do it? Not anything about like, how are you doing as her friend and someone who is very close to her who, you know, and, and, and that, and not about grief. It was, how did she do it? And I got it from people of all ages and backgrounds. People are just morbidly curious, yeah, I think. No, it's true. It's a it's a very human thing, but it's not a helpful or appropriate yeah. reaction to the person who's going through something, you know? Right. Yeah. And that's just it's just one of those things. Like those types of I mean, it's taboo. So people don't know how to navigate it. And I, I said that yeah. on Twitter. If you don't know what to say, then just just don't talk to, and t- maybe take the time to to look and, and see what you should say or how you should navigate that conversation. But if you don't have any idea, just maybe stay quiet. And I think they could have just let Crystal navigate the conversation. They were trying to take the lead rather than let her take the lead and see where she was comfortable going with it. That's a really good point because Kyle did it 
did that exact same thing to her. She was asking all of the questions. And then it was Erica asking all of the questions. When Garcelle saw her, she told her she looked, she looked really thin and mm-hmm. then told her to say thank you. So they were all being very, you're, you're right. They were trying to di- kind of direct her um, versus just letting her do that. Yeah. And, you know, there's never like a, always a right thing to say in situations like you think about grief, right? And someone going through a miscarriage and do they want to hear about the fact that you went through one too? Or do they just want the moment to be about the fact that they're in pain and have their right. pain acknowledged? Some people don't want to be asked about it. You know, like everyone has kind of a different way they want to navigate. But I feel like it was universally unhelpful. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> you know that it's just unhelpful, and I want to get someone on who's an eating disorder expert at some point to look at how eating disorders have been covered on various Real Housewives franchises because we've now seen this a few times of women with very serious eating disorders. You know, Jackie Goldschneider. Now we've got Crystal talking about how she does think she needs to get professional help for this, which I'm very grateful that she sees that she needs help. That's obviously the first sign, you know, acknowledging something's a problem. But yeah, I just want to know what what people who actually work in the space and have experienced it themselves see when they watch this. Yeah, that'd be interesting. Um, Okay, Kathy is back. Are you here for it? Was it the injection that we needed to get some more life into this season? It was. I felt like the first part of this season has kind of dragged a little bit. We spent a lot, and and we do this every year with Beverly Hills. We talk about the same thing for a number of episodes. Um, We all knew that Cherie was was joining the season at some point, and then Kathy would be on. Um, So it was exciting to look forward to. um, And most of that excitement comes from me wanting to see the Aspen trip and find out what happens, which is teased in the mid-season trailer. Yes. What do you think happened? I mean, do you think she, like, went crazy and was screaming at everyone? That, I believe. Um, the allegations that she was using slurs and that's what caused all of this. That's going to be so hard um, because supposedly it is not on camera so it's literally going to be word against word so it's going to be tough but there was just so much after that happened in the media um, on social media everybody was uh, trying to understand what happened in Aspen Um, and it feels like and Kyle actually says it she says someone in the group wants Kathy to look bad so it feels like there is a motive and Rinna Seems to me, I mean, I think it's Erica who wants Kathy to look bad and Rena. Um, mm-hmm. But they have been pushing this and pushing this and pushing this constantly in social media, oh, yeah. mainly Rena, constantly going after Kathy and making jabs. And then we see Rena's behavior, which has not been great. And no. pe- I think she constantly bets on the wrong horse. She constantly thinks the audience will see things from her, her view and we don't ever mm-hmm. it's never worked except for in my case i was on her side with munchausen's yes <laughs> like and listen i i generally do like lisa renna um okay I, I, controversial I take 
Yeah, <laughs> I'll take is, it. It is. It is. Um, and, but it's funny because I posted some sort of one of those memes on um, my Instagram story of like your favorite housewives from each city. And I think I may have put Rena there at the time. Um, and people were like, are you serious? Canceled. Like, no, unfollowed. Like, they, they did not want to hear that. But I just think that she... Um, is just good at her job and she she earns her diamond even if it is um not always right when you think about right and wrong but she she knows what she's doing um and so i kind of i i respect that part of it um but there are many times where i'm just like just why rena just please be quiet don't do that do you think <laughs> there's a chance she won't be back next season I don't. I know people okay. have been saying that, um, especially with some of her stuff on social media. And, um, you know, she recently posted about how she wishes that production had given more of a spotlight to her grief over her, her mother dying. Um, and she got a spotlight. I thought it was really touching. Yeah. And I don't know what she expected. I Yeah. So I saw her, her reply to someone and say she just thought there'd be more showing maybe her grief process. I thought that they highlighted Lois's death and the, you know, everything that happened, the memorial, all of that very well. Um, so I don't know if she filmed more where she was sort of struggling with that grief and it just didn't make it into the show. And that's what she's talking about. But um, she wasn't happy with production and she made, I mean, she put it all over social media. So people are, are combining that with her not having been on um, Watch What Happens Live lately to say that maybe her future is is not looking so great. But she's going to be on Watch What Happens Live soon with um, Maren Morse. Okay. Oh, yeah, I saw that announced. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know what her deal is, but I don't like that she keeps blaming it on grief because yeah. it's just not an excuse to bully people. No, not at all. You know, and I understand grief can make people angry and it can be really tough. And I got a lot of flack last episode for saying that <laughs> her grief is a little different from people who lose their mother at younger ages. So I always kind of wonder how um, Kyle is, is managing this as someone, you know, and anyways, all death is sad. It's yeah. just she's 59 years old, like this was going to happen. And mm-hmm. maybe she just never in her head processed that or planned for it. But what I have trouble with is like she there's a lot of other things going on in her personal life that are not shown on the show. And she wanted her whole storyline to be her mother dying, but her daughter overdosed on Xanax and had to go to some like inpatient facility. And then that didn't work. And she had to go somewhere else. And they think she has some rare disorder. And mm-hmm. I mean, I understand if her daughter doesn't want to share that, but then we're not really seeing the stress that Rena is under and what's really going on in her life. No, so it's true because it's not just the grief. Um, it's, it's that as well. So you're right. There's all these other things that are going on. Um, and that's, that's, I guess in that aspect, Rena, we don't see a whole lot of like what's going on in, in her life. I know we we've never seen her. have. Yeah, exactly. So we see her go to QVC. We saw her visit, you know, um, Medford or something. Yeah. Medford, okay. Oregon, where she's from okay. and where Lois lived. Yeah. Yeah. So we've seen some of those things and going to New York. But really, when it comes to like any personal struggles, 
um, we haven't seen really any of that. And I know that that's one of the biggest complaints from, from people is we just don't get a lot of that from her. Um, and it's true. Yeah, it is. I mean, she used to be one of my favorite housewives when she first started. Was it like season four, season five? She was so good. She could laugh at herself. She moved things along. I think she holds a grudge. She holds a grudge, and I didn't see grudges in the beginning. I see them now. She holds a grudge against Sutton. She holds a grudge against Garcelle. She acts like, oh, yeah, let's move past this, but she's not moving past it. She's holding on, and it's making her less airy and breezy and funny, and it's making her like someone who just wants to see the demise of others. Yeah, you're right. And it's, it sucks to say as a Rena fan, but no, I mean, I'm a former Rena fan. I feel like (laughs) she was one of my top three at one point in the love housewives that laugh at themselves and their confessionals. And, you know, when she I forgot what season it was where she would like one of the first people to be sipping on a straw. Like, yeah. during, you know, you better believe I'm going to talk about it. Yes. Like, yep. that was so great. And then to see where we are now, where she's become bitter mm-hmm. and just not interesting to watch. I don't know. It's like she's trying to take someone down each year. And it's like, no, just live. Just like right. exist with these other women. Don't yes. try and. <laughs> it's like she thinks certain people are more deserving than others. And it's, I don't know. That's never fun to watch. It's not. Um, okay, question. <laughs> Who do you think Garcelle is talking about when she says she wouldn't throw water on them if they were on fire? <laughs> oh, I don't know. I, at first, my first thought was Erica. Um, I, I don't know why, but that was just my first thought was that I could see her saying that about, about Erica. Um, and I, I, I know that they have their issues with um, Erica being drunk and, and, disrespecting her children um but i don't know who else in the cast it it, it, i could see her saying that about so i don't i really don't know yeah i mean we saw her get pretty upset with crystal earlier in the season but i don't think they ended in a bad place no hmm that'll be interesting maybe diana i think it's either diana or rinna i don't think it's erica for some reason Mm. i don't know why but we also see Erica and Sutton getting along. So that'll be interesting to watch. I'm excited for that. Me too. Um, shall we move down south to Atlanta? Let's do it. <laughs> they go away to the Blue Ridge Mountains, which actually looks like a ton of fun. I've looked yes. at Airbnbs there just because they're so beautiful ever since the Married to Medicine cast went there. Um, and I am I'm jealous. Um, okay. Do you feel that Marlo is exploiting her nephews by showcasing very personal things about them on television and not really giving them a voice? Like they don't have usually when kids are heavily featured, they get sometimes confessionals or more scenes. In this mm-hmm. one, it feels like we don't really hear them talk. Yeah, I 100 percent think that she's exploiting them for the storyline. I mean, it is her real life. But they're involved, too, and it feels like they're not necessarily – they don't really have a lot of agency, right? They don't – she's their right. guardian, and they don't have any other guardian that could kind of, like, protect them from Well, from that's, exact, that's exactly it. Like, 
who signed off on on them filming her because she is their guardian it's kind of like how when you're doing medical research you can't um include prisoners as a population usually because like they can't really consent to like informed consent is a problem when you're like not you're like in prison you can't make decisions for yourself you know things are made for you and so to protect against exploitation there are certain groups that and i just feel like these kids and while the story is absolutely fascinating to understand sort of this family court system a little bit it did make me really sad and i don't know i'm kind of judgmental of marlo with this it's like if you're gonna take this on you are okay so it's not just me i'm like no it's not just you and if you need a break i completely understand that but how you take that break matters deeply the screaming at them to get out of the house is not the way to go to say, you know what, I'm having some challenges and I need a little space right now. I'm wondering, I've coordinated so that you can say with, my, with you know, your other aunt, like that's a very different approach. Yeah. And part of my problem with the whole thing of, of her seeing them there is we find out that um, she already has Crystal, Marlo's sister already has all these, um, her own kids. She lives in a, a smaller two-bedroom apartment. Two-bedroom apartment. Meanwhile, Marlo has you know this gorgeous townhouse and luxury everything, um, and it's just like okay, so she she has all all this money and all of these things, and then she takes these boys in, um, and then she says she's she's tired of them, and she sends them to her sister who has her own children, has her own struggles, and she's in a two-bedroom apartment to take on two additional children for a month um and she says she'll send her money later Um, oh my god it's just these kids like need some stability and they they need therapy and they need relationships trusted relationships with adults and this is just so unfair to them. It is. And, and it's funny because they went into the, the boys' room and looked at the, the mess that was there. And I noticed that some of the, the clothes that were out were literally um, just on top of a made bed. Um, and so I, I question, did they make that mess or did Marlo make that mess? Because that... the beds are really made and the, the clothing is just thrown on top of the made bed. Right. Like if they were really not doing anything, they wouldn't make their bed either. Right. Why would they like take a made bed? Oh, my God. You are onto something. You're right. I think. And also like the the hole in the wall, like punching a hole in the wall is not an unexpected result at all (laughs) from what happened to that child. At least he didn't punch another human being. Exactly. Yes. And it, and listen, a like, wall can uh, be fixed. Teenagers are notorious for punching a hole in the wall. Um, I have a friend who punched a hole in the wall when the Cubs lost like a ba- big game. <laughs> she broke <laughs> fingers in her hand, you know, like, oh. come on, people. It, it, you're not if you don't do it in a way that's threatening to other people. It's not a good thing. But he's he's young. He's still trying to figure out how to process yeah. this. Yeah. Uh, okay. Another Marlo question. What the hell is her problem with Kenya? Because I cannot understand. I can either. I, I don't I don't have any idea why she is forcing a, a problem with Kenya. Um, 
I don't know if it's jealousy where this all stems from, um, but it, the things that Marlo says and then turns around to to say, you know, I don't know why Kenya and I had a falling out or why. Right. Um, it's like, do you like I? I need her to have a little bit of self awareness. Some. Some, because being this delusional is, and I, I actually don't think she's this delusional. I think she's playing it up. It's really frustrating. I understand why she's picking fights with Candy, because I think that she's like, you know what? I've worked so hard all these years as a friend of, and you've coasted by as a housewife. Mm-hmm. You never have anything like going on besides your businesses and whatever. And you need to work for this peach. So I'm going to make you work and I'm going to make you angry and I'm going to get under your skin and we're going to see other sides of you. That I get, right? It's kind of annoying to watch, but whatever. But Kenya has shown every side of herself. So what on earth could it be? She And I think she's honestly just looking for a fight that she knows will um, be good for the drama. Like you said, she's playing, playing some of these things up for the show now that she finally got her peach it's too much like game playing like i want to see her authentic connections with people and her authentic fights and going after kenya for having a freaking cold and staying home until she knew it wasn't covid and also even if it wasn't covid when you're sick stay home like you got a sore throat you got a cough you have congestion don't leave Don't expose other people to whatever it is you have. Like, have we not learned anything (laughs) for the last two and a half years is that we don't want your germs. And I'm sorry, if she was making it up, which I don't believe she was, like, give her some fucking space. Like, doesn't that then? I don't know. Right. I mean, is it really that big of a deal? No. That she got sick and wanted to stay home. I, I just don't understand why she was pushing so hard. Um Especially because, obviously, if she was being tested for COVID, production would have been involved. They were involved. That's what Kenya said. She's, she wasn't even allowed to film until she got the clear. And for Marlo to not understand that? No, she understands it. I think she wants he, to make Kenya look bad. You're right. You're right. And it's like, okay, there's a lot of ways to make Kenya look bad. That is not one of them. No. Oh my goodness. I Okay. And then final question. What are your thoughts on Sonia as a first season housewife? Well, okay. Two questions. I have another one after this. Okay. <laughs> so to me, Sonia is a flip-flop. Um, flip-flopper, especially with, with Drew. I feel like she kind of saw how things were playing out and she wanted to um, get on the good side and she ended up turning on Drew because of that. Um, so seeing that, that the way that she's flip-flopped with the group a little bit, um, I don't feel like Drew did anything for her to to, to act that way towards her. Um, so to me, it seems like she really is just switching sides. Um, I enjoy seeing some of her personal life um, with, with her family and hearing about her culture and, you know, when they all went and they made food. Um, I, I liked those things, but, um, I don't know. I'm hoping that the, the, the second half of the season we get, um, I don't know, to see more sides of, of Sonia. 
Yeah, I can see all that. I really feel like she fits in naturally with the group. Like she doesn't seem intimidated by anyone. But I do feel like she's trying to assess who the popular girls are and yes. wants to hang out with them more. And, you know, that's a little bit crappy. Mm-hmm. Um, but speaking of Drew, do you feel like her and Ralph's marriage problems are authentic or are they playing them up for the cameras? I think they're authentic. Drew is out of touch with reality a little bit. She, she's a little <laughs> delusional. Um, yeah. Her entire drop it with Drew. Um, the, I mean, she really, it's just crazy to me. She really uh, like thinks these things are, are real. Um, and the reality is a little bit different. So with with Drew, she she tends to be a little delusional. So um, it's, I almost can't see her making up some of the the issues with with Ralph. Um, is she smart enough to like make up those issues with Ralph? Oh, that's harsh, Tay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no that that is probably true. That is probably true. Like, she does not strike me as the brightest bulb. Um, But it's also just like, and the things she said about, like, making your man happy, pleasing your man. Like, I feel like she will go out of her way despite being unhappy. So, hmm. That's tough. It is. It is. But I honestly, when you you come to accept that Drew is a little bit out of touch with reality... Um, which to me is a defining characteristic of a, of a real housewife. Um, True. I started to enjoy her more. Um, I'm, I'm enjoying her this season. She's someone I love to hate. Not hate, but like it's more of a hate watch. Like she does things that annoy me, but it's fascinating to watch. Yes. There's, you know, most of the time when I don't like a housewife, it's like fun to watch them, other people go after them, you know? Right. It's not like I want them off the screen. And she kind of falls in that category just because... I don't know, she has some weird stuff. And I like when people call her out on the weird profit stuff that happened last year. Like that was such a weird hill to die on. So all of it. But I also like that she's trying to get along with Kenya. And, you know, I like seeing that. Yeah, their their friendship. I'm glad that that Kenya and Drew are are friends because Drew needs somebody. She needed somebody in her corner. Um, And I think she thought it was going to be Sonya. and it's, it's not. And it was not. The other thing about Drew is, and this is, reminds me of the Sutton thing, is that everyone in the group seems to think that Drew talks too much. But I don't think the audience sees that. Like, it's, somehow it's not coming across, at least to me. Yeah. But they all refer to it all the time. Hmm. I, yeah, I haven't. Maybe it's just a thing where we're not, we're not seeing everything. So yeah. maybe she does talk a lot. But that's not something that I've thought about with with when it comes to drew yeah i definitely think about it when it comes to jill zarin <laughs> oh my gosh she can't <laughs> the woman can't stop talking she can't and she repeats herself all the time and doesn't realize she does it and i don't think it's an age thing i think that's how she's like every single thing about jill zarin feels like she was born that way like oh. she's just always been this way <laughs> yeah and i get when she is when that woman is home alone and it's just her she talks out loud i guarantee it she's saying all those same things just out loud she's not I, talking to anybody but i don't think she can be alone which is why she got a boyfriend immediately after bobby died 
And I don't think that's a bad thing. I just think she can't, like, she must be talking to at, like, talking at someone at all times. Yeah, at. (laughs) (laughs) We will get to Ultimate Girls Trip in a second, but wanted to touch down on Dubai. Like, how are you feeling about this new franchise and then this week's episode in particular? I am, I'm enjoying Dubai. Um, I enjoyed the the premiere. I thought it was great. And then we went through a few episodes where I was a little bit bored. Um, but I feel like starting with like the last episode and then this week's, like it's, it's getting its groove. Um, and I'm excited. I, I, I'm really enjoying it now. Me too. I completely agree. I feel like this week in particular, I was like, oh, this, it's getting its groove. We've got some feuds. We've got some shifting dynamics. Like, this is what I want to see. Carolyn Stanbury (laughs) needs to be more specific about the attire she wants her guests to wear if she requests everyone wear all white to a wedding event. (laughs) (laughs) When she was driving up with Sergio... And she saw Ion in that, what she thought was a wedding dress. And I get why she, you know, from afar, there was the the long train. Um, she was upset, but I ended up like their, their little interaction where she said, are you trying to be me? Like their little back and forth with that real quick as she was walking past. She kept it light, which I was surprised because Caroline Stanberry can be just very cold and direct. Um, but I felt like they still kept it a little light. And I, I liked that. I want to see Carolyn Stanberry and Chanel Ayan be the new Giselle and Karen. Like, I want them to feud, but care about each other. Exactly. That's And I tweeted that they're, them being frenemies to me is one of the highlights. Um, and I could see it becoming something like Giselle and Karen. That's, that's, what, that's my goal. Um, what do you think of Sergio? Do you feel like... I don't want to put words in your mouth. Sergio is adorable. Um, Personality-wise, he's adorable, but he's obviously nice to look at. He is a man-child. But honestly, like, I think that they make a good couple. They're so different, but I feel like they, there's a, there's love there. Um, you know, as much as Twitter will disagree agree with that. But um, I don't know. He is very thirsty for, for camera time. There's no denying that. Um, he is in literally every single scene with Caroline Stanberry. Um, and I, I want him to give her a little space. I want to see her without him. Um, you know, the he's in confessionals. She was sitting on his lap. That was ridiculous. <laughs> like, it's just, you know, like, let's have him side by side. Like, if we're going to have the husbands in, let's have all the partners in. Why is it just him? Yeah. It's all the other partners are fine having their wife shine. And they just show up when they're supposed to show up. Right? Like, Chanel Ion's husband, who I can't even remember his name, is a perfect example. Like, she is always going to be the dominant one in the relationship. She's always going to be the loudest and he's always just going to be next to her. And he's cool with it. He knew what he signed up for when he married her and he knew what he signed up for when he decided that they would both be on this show. Like they both decided together. It's weird to watch Sergio. Maybe it's because I wonder if like production sold Carolyn Stanbury and Sergio on like we're starting this franchise and it's going to be centered around you and getting married. Mm-hmm. And so he's like, well, this show is about me. 
like part of me wonders if it's actually not so like he's so thirsty, but he's just like, this is the job I signed up for. I have a feeling that at the reunion, they will um, highlight just how, how much Sergio is involved. And I wonder if it will click with him then that he is in the camera way more than any other man on that on that show. Like usually when they have a reunion and only one partner shows up for, you know, like (laughs) as the friend of sort of, it's like a kind of a sign that they should back up like PK in the early years. We got too involved in the ladies business. Yes. Um, What do you think of Sarah giving advice to Brooks on parenting? (sighs) That's such a fine line. Like people are going to get defensive. Um, If, Well, especially if you are new friends, obviously, like there's certain things that you don't talk about with people until you have like really close relationships with them. Um, And she jumped straight into into it. Um, And it's just one of those things that you don't you just don't really get into. I I get that she's, you know, spiritual and she has a um, a fake Ph.D. But yeah, she's full of shit. That's what she is. (laughs) She really is. I, I feel like that's that's why. Um, Brooks got so upset is because she feels like so much of, of Sarah is just fluff. Um, and you know, she, she wants to tell people how to live. Um, and that's why she got so upset. But I think part of it is also, she, she hears some of those things and it's, it's true. You know, she was raised by a a militant family and she wants this for her son, blah, blah, blah. Um, and so she, she got kind of triggered a little bit with with that um but sarah just shouldn't have gone there there was there was no need yeah i actually agree with sarah like i think there are some problems with brooks's parenting or which is not what sarah said but i see the main problem being that she wants him to go to boarding school and when she talked about it and carolyn who doesn't really stanbury who doesn't really like share a lot of personal things basically said it really harmed her growing up and Brooks didn't even flinch. She was just like, no, that's what he's going to do. Like she didn't even take that in, which when you're making a decision and granted, I'm not a parent, but like, wouldn't you want to listen to someone who had lived experience? Yeah. In this, you know, I have doubts that Brooks had ever thought about sending her son to boarding school. Ooh, so first Marlo planted the, <laughs> the Listen, dirty I, rooms. Now. <laughs> I okay. suspicious about a lot of things. I Yeah, I it came up um, and I feel like she was just sort of she knows that that's what the wealthy people do is they send their children to boarding school. Oh, and she's like sort of cosplaying a wealthy woman in Dubai. Exactly. Yeah. She, okay. she is. She's newly wealthy. And so she started talking about it because she knows that that's what people should do when they have when they have money. So, you know, she at that point, she she's continuing to to talk about it as if she's really going to because, again, she wants people to think that she's so wealthy that she can send her children to boarding school. I don't like how she talks to her housekeeper. That has stuck with me since the first episode. She makes demands. She never says please or thank you. And she treats them as less than. And that is a common thing like in certain, I don't know, settings, like especially in Dubai, where they have a lot of people who are there on visas and 
aren't citizens and they have fewer rights. I, I, you know, it's just, it just feels icky. It's gross. It is. And what's even grosser is what she responded um, on social media with. I think it was Twitter. Oh, I, I like missed all of this. Wait, what happened on social media? So, yeah, she was getting a lot of tweets about how she um, talks to her. Um, See, I miss so many things, Chadwick. That I'm telling you, I don't know what so, everyone says. And I can't remember if it was Twitter or Instagram, but she came back and said um, she loves her job. She gets paid well. She gets to sit on her phone most of the day. And she only has to help if I'm not around. That is so dismissive. And like, she loves her job. Let her say she loves her job. And also, can she even say what she really thinks around you? Because you're her employer. Like, there's a power dynamic that, you know, it's unequal. (laughs) Well, it's kind of like how she um, fired the hairstylist who left the curling iron. um, (gasps) That Andy Cohen burnt. Yeah, she, um, she, she made it clear that the she fired that hairstylist. When it's an accident, like... I don't know. She irks me and I feel like she is like potentially a mean spirited person or or maybe I just don't understand her. But her yelling and her interactions is it like she she yells too quickly, like too fast, if that makes sense. Yes. Like it's not like housewives shouldn't yell. We see it all the time. You know, Tamara, that's my opinion. You know, we and we applaud it. But with her it seems to like escalate so quickly that we're not quite understanding why she's so angry. And so we can't get on board with the gesture of anger that she is putting forth. And it feels, and then to see the other women's reaction that they also feel it's outsized and kind of not commensurate with like what's actually happened. Um, And then I believe how the episode ended was production intervening because I think it's illegal to in Dubai to like scream in public. It is. And I couldn't understand. I, I wondered the same, like why was production getting involved? Why not let that play out? I get that. Maybe Sarah looked at the, at the camera, but um, I, I couldn't understand that. And then I saw that people were saying, well, it, it's illegal yeah. um, to, to scream and yell in, in public. I bet that production has multiple people on staff whose job it is to make sure that the women don't run afoul of the law in Dubai, because there are a lot of laws and they are rapidly shifting, as we can see from watching the show. Things are moving in a certain direction, but there are still some things that are just a little bit different than how it is here. And, you know, the United States, you like, just like scream at people just to like say hi in the morning. You're like, fuck you. You just cut me off in traffic. Like there's no, there's, we have no chill. Yeah. And and I get why, you know, they have to keep quiet. Um, Not, I get why production needs to keep them under a certain level because they don't want to deal with breaking laws and all of that because it seems like it's complicated to to get um, clear, clearing or, or permits to film in certain places because um, I feel like we're just not seeing a whole lot. Like we get a lot of big, beautiful shots of Dubai, but then when it comes to like their homes and stuff, we're just not seeing a lot. I think it's because there's certain areas where they're not allowed to film, like in certain yeah. neighborhoods. And you know, we we've seen that in um, Salt Lake City, actually, where the reason why people move to certain areas is like 
because they couldn't film in where they actually lived. Yeah. So I think we've we've seen it before, but this time it's it just feels like we don't really get to see how they live. Yeah. You know? Yeah, no, that's fair because it, it's just there's something missing there. And I think it is the fact that we can't see everything. Yeah. I hope that, you know, in the beginning when Potomac started, they weren't allowed to film at most places in the D.C., Virginia, Maryland area. They were not welcome. But as the show got more popular, then all of a sudden places opened up and were allowing filming because they wanted to get the publicity that comes along with it. Yeah. So I'm hoping that the season gets positive reviews so that whoever makes decisions in Dubai, and there are probably many different groups, kind of start opening things up. Um, you know. Yeah, that'd be great. I mean, we did get to see an indoor ski resort. That and that I've heard about. I remember like hearing about that when it was built. There's a lot that we've gotten to see, but I also wonder if like privacy is just very different there. So that if a lot of people in Dubai live in apartment buildings rather than standalone single family homes, so that there must be rules of, you know, who's allowed in the buildings, you know, privacy of other residents of the building, you know, like, yeah. I don't know, but it's not like all the women in New York live in apartments and no one, <laughs> right? <laughs> no one cares there. <sighs> um, okay. Uh, okay. We've already kind of covered Brooks, but thoughts on how she talked to her childhood friend and like, I don't know, where is she from in the U S like, I know she's Afro Latina Caribbean descent, but I don't remember. Okay. The whole, th- maybe Boston. Is that where those I, guys were visiting from? You know what? I was thinking it was somewhere in that vicinity. <laughs> I think they were from, from that area. So um, that may be. They looked like it. The guys did. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> There's like a, a Boston look, you know, just sort of like generic white Irish Catholic kind of right. a look. <laughs> But the way um, that she talked to, yeah. um, I think his name was Brian, was terrible. I personally would not have been able to just sit there and, like, take that from her. Um, I get that they've been friends for a very long time. And so if this is how she is, he's probably used to it. Yeah, that's um, what I was thinking, which is sad, you know, when you make is. excuses for your friends to treat you poorly because you've just gotten used to them treating you poorly for so long. <laughs> Yeah, I didn't like it. I don't like how she talks to people. Um, she I just don't doesn't vibe with me. And I think Sarah is full of shit. Anyone that says they're a doctor that did not complete doctorate level coursework is <laughs> just an right. absolute. I don't even know. Like, I don't even know what to say about that. But I, I don't know. Like, I love the energy that she brings, even though it's sort of the energy of like, I'm going to sell you herbal supplements on Instagram that will like, you know, give you hepatitis, <laughs> but like, I'll sell it real good, you know? And it's right. just like, and you're like, I'll take that. That sounds good enough. Like she's just yeah. like calming and how she talks. She is like, she's, she's just like fluff, but I, I also appreciate that she's the only one on the cast um, that was born in like the, the area, like the UAE. Yeah. And so she, she brings a lot of that culture with her. Um, so I, I have 
it's been nice to see that about her. But all of the, you know, she told Ion that, you know, she could try to be like her and, and be perfect. Um, it, all of that is just, it's almost like there's a, there's a shell of a person there. And I don't, yeah, I can't connect with that. Yeah, something's very off about her in general. Like, but um, I really liked when Brooke said, like, well, who's the real you? Because we haven't really seen it. We've just seen this, like, facade of a woman who's into healing and energy and spirits and whatever it is, you know? But, like, who are you really? Um, I did appreciate, and I have to make a plug, that she talked about Global Citizen and actually showed a Global Citizen conference in Dubai. Um, Shout out Global Citizen. I work with them and have a lot in the past. So it's great to see um, that being pushed. But I don't know. (laughs) It's just always funny when she's like, I'm into women's empowerment. It's like, what specifically are you doing to empower women? What what programs do you support? How, what are the results of the pro, you know, like there's a lot of things that can empower women, but just you saying that you're into women's empowerment isn't, isn't one of them. Anyways. (laughs) Um, okay. Let's finally touch down on Real Housewives Ultimate Girls Trip Ex-Wives Club. It concluded this week. I don't know about you. I'm like devastated. I want Ultimate Girls Trips on year round with rotating cast of the, this cast, I want to come back again. Yes. Just maybe in a different setting so that Dorinda doesn't have the upper hand of controlling everything. I want to see yeah. her in a setting where she lacks control. Me too. And it's part of it is the control. And then part of it is um, like there's a, a pressure from having to have her, her home um, look a certain way and be clean and this and that for the show like so she has she has that on one hand and trying to please because i i do i do think that she wants she loves making people um that's that's she likes to she wants people to feel good and like be in her home (laughs) and like give them gift bag gift bags and then obviously none of that that works because she turns around and makes them feel terrible but she i feel like there was a pressure there she wanted to make it nice I feel like she's a very Dr. Jekyll, Mr. Hyde sort of a situation where like the core of her wants to be the Dorinda that we know who is inviting and a homemaker and a mother who wants to snuggle you in her bosom. But a lot of experiences in her life have left her very angry and she takes that anger out on anyone that is around her and I think because she drinks too much and possibly takes other things, she, I don't know if it like erases that she like thinks of it differently or she forgets what she did, but I yeah. don't think she understands or comprehends that she hurts people. Um, I mean, even just in this like last episode when Brandy was crying and Vicky pointed out Brandy was crying, she's like, how do you know she's crying? You know? And she's like, cause I yeah. saw her crying. <laughs> yeah it's dorinda i was sad when she was put on pause mm-hmm. um but i'm not anymore because i don't think that even if we saw her on you know come back to a show i just don't think I it's know. good for her i don't think it is either i mean i've heard from people one person in particular who worked for her for a period of time Ooh. um 
you know, that she was just drinking a lot and other stuff and would get really angry and sometimes like throw things at people like, yeah, or throw things at the wall. Like she does not seem to be in control of her emotions. Hmm. Another thing I found out about Dorinda is that she was only married to Richard for six years. Yes. And I was shocked by that. Supposedly, and this is a rumor, I don't know if this is true, they were separated when he died. Really? I've heard that. I don't know if it's true. Allegedly. That I haven't heard. So I think if that, that would explain her anger to me, because I think she's mad at herself. Like, Ooh. but I don't know if it's true, but she is definitely not processed. And I feel like she has just partied her way through mm-hmm. like being with John. She like, didn't even, she talks about Richard all the time. She was with John for seven years. Yeah. That is longer than she was married to Richard. I'm sure she was with Richard before she was married too, but like she discounts that relationship so much. And then really? she blamed like, Oh, he was really into the fame you're the one that's into the fame. You're addicted to this. You're obsessed with saying you're on pause. You won't acknowledge the fact that they let you go and why they let you go. And when anyone tries to reason with you, you lash out at them. Yeah. Yeah. It, it's it's sad because I think that she does need therapy. Oh, my God. She needs a lot. And it might not, like, she might be too, I mean, I don't want anyone's too far gone, but, like, her behavior, like, she would have to be in full uh, control and, like, understanding what was happening. And I feel like with what, when she's drinking all the time, like, it was, I didn't think any of this until watching Ultimate Girls Trip and seeing Jill Zarin say, like, well, I don't know when she starts drinking, like, that to me was like, ooh, something's ooh, yeah. going on that is, like, way darker than what yep. I think. And it, her last season, you know, where she was going after Tinsley, and it just made no sense. None. And even if there was a reason, like, Tinsley wasn't fighting back. And so it wasn't even, like, there was a back and forth. It was just a, like, you know, l- let the mouse go kind of a thing. And yeah. It wasn't fun, and it became mean. This is the thing. She became mean-spirited. Yep. Which is just, it. I mean, it's just so ironic that her whole thing is make it nice. But and she doesn't. Like, when people make things on Etsy that say make it nice, she'll send them, like, cease and desist or whatever crap to, <laughs> like, yeah, she's like, oh, I trademarked that. You know, that's my line. Like, she doesn't want anyone to profit off of anything. And <laughs> that was like another indication to me that like she's not all there because why go after these like small sellers on Etsy? Right. They're on Etsy. Come on. They're not like <laughs> like it's big money that you're going to get. Like it's so weird. Yeah. I don't know. Um, I did basically like everyone else though. Like I didn't think I would like Vicki Gunvalson because I was so disgusted with her by the end of her time on the show. But there's something about her that is just insanely watchable and she's yes. so out of touch with reality with Steve Lodge that it is just fascinating to watch. Tamara was easy breezy. I want to see, do you think Phaedra will come to Dubai? Because she gave an interview this week saying that she didn't want to go back to Atlanta because she called it the Titanic, but that she would be on Dubai. I saw that. 
I just don't know how that would how would that work because I she's not she's not going to move and and actually live there. I mean, uh, she could be like Meredith Marks and not really live in Utah. <laughs> oh well, this is true. This is very true. You just go for four months of filming or whatever, and then you're yeah. back. Maybe, Maybe I don't know do that. I I would not be surprised. I think Phaedra wouldn't come back with the current cast, but if there were some changes, I think I think she would. I can and see that, her. Obviously, being Candy would need to be gone. Yeah. Oh, you mean with the Atlanta cast? Yes. Got yes. it. With the Atlanta cast, she has. Yeah, she said she didn't want to go with the. You know, she didn't want to go back to Atlanta because it's the Titanic, and she'll let that ship sink. I think that if there were different people on that ship, she would. She would join it. Ah, I kind of, I kind of hope it. I know I've, I also do want to hear her side of the story and the candy thing. I don't feel like, I don't know why they're not letting, like she said, she talked about it and it was cut out or something. I mean, she probably did something very wrong there. And she knows that as a lawyer, like to defame someone like that by repeating and, you know, right something that's you don't know if it's true and it's like highly it's an illegal act to drug someone yeah i mean it's a really terrible thing i think she some people and i don't know like when they're on the shows too long they're on the shows too long and they're like don't know that they like lose all moral compass all sense of right and wrong although hot take i don't know if phaedra has a moral compass (laughs) Like, really? Yeah, like if you like know all the stuff that Apollo was involved in that I don't think she could not know being uh, his wife. Like really like crimes. Like yeah. the money that he got was all stolen. Everything was stolen and I feel like because she knows the law, she knows like how to keep her hands clean. Oh. Uh. I don't think I don't buy her like I am this super moral Christian woman. Like, I don't know. Like, yeah. I think well, I think multiple things can be true at once. Right. Like she could sure. be very into her faith and she could also have done things that were compromising. Oh, in the for past, sure. You yeah, know? Yeah. Yeah. And I, I think back when because today if there's, you know, something legal with with housewives i mean everybody's diving in and we know everything and i feel like when apollo went to prison um i don't know i don't think it got as much like deep dive investigation totally Um, yeah so i i guess i never really you should listen to the bravo dockets episode on apollo and phaedra and yeah it's it's like, you know, I've always kind of thought like, okay, you're a lawyer and your husband's in jail and like he's done things bad, you know, and then as soon as he got out, he did bad things again. And granted that happens. It's like hard to find like honest work right. when you are a convicted felon. But I don't know. Something seems like fishy to me. Mm, I'm going to have to go listen to that now. Like if I'm- we're going to say Erica had to have known certain things about Tom like, how could Phaedra not know things about Apollo? I just, yeah. I don't know. I don't buy it. Like, something's off. And we, we know she can lie really easily. She lied about how long she was pregnant. Like, she <laughs> acted like seven and a half months was like full-term baby. Right. <laughs> you know? But all that being said, I want to see her back on my screen, and I really enjoy her. And I want <laughs> to have someone 
go deeper with her and get her to talk about herself because she was enjoyable to watch, but we learned nothing about her. Yeah, you're right. I think it was funny because they were um, giving out those little, uh, what were they like? They were, I don't know, describing. Oh, like this, not superlatives, but like descriptive words. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And the one that they used for Phaedra was mysterious. Mm -hmm. Um, I was like, that's so perfect because literally I loved, I loved her this season, but we didn't learn like anything new about her. Whereas very elusive. Yeah. Whereas like with Brandy and Taylor, they talked all, they got, they hashed all of their, their stuff out. We heard a lot from Vicky about things that she um, was dealing with Steve and then Dorinda um, and Jill and all of their stuff, but nothing, nothing was really there with Phaedra. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, say what you will about Vicky. She puts it all out on the table. I wonder if she's lying to us a bit about, Steve, though, because how could you be with someone for 13 months and not have sex and think and and have previously had sex, right? And then all of a sudden sort of stop and think that there's no problem. Like, how could you, especially her who says that she needs her love tank full and who made sex such a central component of her previous relationships. (laughs) So like something's not adding up. Well, as we know with what she, the entire Brooks cancer scam, she likes to put her head in the sand. Yeah. Um, And I think she did the same thing about what was happening with Steve. I don't think she was, and I'm sure, you know, she was upset, but like, I don't think she, I don't think she thought that they were great, um, but I don't think she wanted to face the reality um, that obviously there was something else going on. Yeah. No, I, I, you're right. She does stick her head in the sand and she, if she really wants to believe something, she believes it and she, no evidence can deter her as we can see from her yeah. stance on vaccines. Um, oh, yeah. Like, I mean, she's taking all these crazy vitamins and pills that have probably not even been tested or approved fully and like she won't take a vaccine that will like potentially keep her out of the hospital, you know? Yeah, I don't know if you saw this. I, it was on Instagram. She um, posted a picture of getting a shot, and someone it was like asked a B12 her. B twelve shot. It's like, okay, people have heard me. I before I got on a soapbox about it, but I can't stand the wellness industry promoting things that are not just unnecessary but could be harmful. One of the biggest ones is IV drips. It's like not good to get IV drips with vitamins from not a hospital, right? It's it's not a good thing. They pump so much vitamin C. It like is tough on your liver and your kidneys that have to pump it all out and you literally pee it all out. You do not, your body can't absorb more than it can absorb. That's why there are recommended daily intakes for vitamins. Okay, so that's first. But like these B12, like some people definitely are low on B12 and need it. But to get shots like randomly at a party i don't know it's just yeah i don't like it it feels icky but why even post the picture because she's promoting (laughs) it was at jill zarin's like fancy schmancy luncheon and yeah so like judgment to jill zarin for setting that up not judgment to vicky for doing it (laughs) i'm like imagine going to a party and get just b12 shots everybody i also think botox (laughs) parties are bad like go to a freaking doctor and get it done don't yeah. just like randomly decide one day. I don't know. I just feel like 
I don't know. The people are like making these decisions about injecting themselves with things without thinking it through. Agreed. And same with vaccines. Like think it through. Talk to doctors, you know, get sure. your evidence, all that stuff. But like, don't just like willy nilly, just like do crap. Well, according to Vicky's son, Steve um, gave her a lot of uh, misinformation about about vaccines. Oh, I'm sure. I'm sure. Yeah. Because, like, her son is vaccinated, Tamara's vaccinated, like, other people in her life, and, um, you know, they've gotten sick, and they've been okay, and she got sick, and she was, like, not... <laughs> right. <laughs> not so okay. <laughs> oh. oh, well. Um, anyway, I'll stop talking about <laughs> all this, like, <laughs> med spa sort of wellness type stuff, but it's just frustrating when people push things that are, like, unnecessary and could potentially be harmful. Yeah. Anyway. Oh, and <laughs> the number one person who does it is freaking Shannon Bedore. Like, she pushes things that are just, like, not helpful. Like, colonics can be dangerous. And she's like, you just have to get a colonic. You just have to, like, and it's yeah. like, no, your body can regulate itself. <laughs> Well, and then she was doing the home enemas. Yes, and she got stuck. Like, it's so scary. Yeah. It's just, anyways. Um, all right. This was so fun, Chadwick. I had such a great time talking. And I don't think you gave too many hot takes, except for that you like Lisa Rinna. You think Marlo planted evidence about her. <laughs> and what was the last one? It was that you didn't trust... Oh, I didn't believe Brooks's story about, about her son going to yeah boarding school. Yeah. Well, those are some hot takes. Okay, I, I take it back. You had some hot takes, and uh, listeners would love to know what you guys think about it. Tell yeah. everyone where they can find you on social media. Yeah, you can find me on Twitter and Instagram at o chadwick. That's o h chadwick. Thank you so much. And we'll definitely have you back. And I think I'm going to have your friend Justin on um, maybe sometime next month because he's got some hot takes that he disagrees with. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Thanks for having me. I, this, this was so much fun. Oh, I, I, you're the best. We're going we're gonna to keep chatting. But um, have, a, have a good week, everyone. <laughs>